Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago, and I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. I'm going to share something with these guys that uh, a gentleman that I've worked with inside, I worked with him inside Thrive, and then he's worked with me one-to-one for a little over a year now. I'm not going to drop his name just for privacy. However, when this guy came in, he was ready to file. Had the attorney on retainer, had everything ready, was ready to send the papers. And he came to us because he wanted to navigate this in a more amicable way for his kids. I can respect that so much, but he was out. He was ready. Now, 369 days later, he's created a new marriage and he sent this message earlier this week. He said, man, it's funny though, because now I can see the problem. It was never just her or between us. It had everything to do with me and my own previous shortcomings as a man which disabled me from showing up as a husband and disabled me from showing up as the father that I desired to be. The moment I recognized that it came back to me, I continued to collect wins. Now we're creating a new marriage. She's able to communicate with me and she's able to fulfill my needs. And if she doesn't, I'm able to talk with her about that. Guys, it comes back to us. We can blame and we can point the finger, but really it just comes back to the man that's in the mirror. It always comes back to us. And guys, if you play the game of like toxicity, like the retreating, hoping she chases after you, sending a toxic message, like all of that, when you play dumb games, you win dumb prizes. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, when you play, when you play dumb games, you win dumb prizes. And sometimes guys just don't play the game. Sometimes don't play the game. Yeah. Well, some, <laughs> most of the time, all the time, don't play the game unless it's actually a fun game. You know, mm-hmm. there's fun connection games out there. But guys, realistically, when it comes to diffusing the toxicity, so I believe it starts with ownership. Like, what role am I playing in this? What am I yeah. contributing to this? When she sends a toxic message, am I sending something back and then being shocked? When she says something hurtful back, guys, when you fight fire with fire, it's just going to create more fire. So that's step one. Take ownership. Like, take ownership. What am I contributing? What am I adding to this dynamic? Like, what are you doing? Man, and it's always entertaining when guys come in and he's like, I'm doing nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm great. I'm providing. I'm making the money. I'm, I'm showing up for my kids. Yeah, but you're not showing up for your wife. You're not creating a safe space. Go ahead. But that's because men don't know how to show up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how can you show up for your wife? How can you create a safe space for your wife if you can't show up for yourself? If you can't create a safe space for yourself? Because most of you in here are shaming yourself constantly. You're constantly living that, listen to that voice of your father, your uncle, your mother, whoever, who told you you're not good enough. 
you suck at this. You can't be this. You can't be a great this. So you don't fucking deserve a good wife. You don't deserve a good family. And so you constantly shame yourself because of that. And if you're shaming yourself, you're going to shame everyone else because you were following the law of projection, which is I project onto other people what I feel inside of myself about myself. Mm-hmm. That's why we heart so much on ownership and your in your own emotional uh, well being, because if you're not giving yourself space and you're not doing the emotional work where you're being fucking honest with yourself, like gut honest with yourself, you will continue to struggle. I tell my team all the time when men get on the phone with us, ninety five percent of what they say is bullshit and is a lie. Not because of what they are experiencing is not true. What you're experiencing is true. You're experiencing her leaving, rejection. All those are those are true things. Yeah. But you have begun to tell yourself a story of why those things are happening, and it has nothing to do with you because your ego is designed to protect you from you. Yeah. And so your ego will create this story that you're okay. You didn't do anything wrong. It's all her. Tell me how I can fix it. What do I need to do to manipulate her so she comes back to the marriage instead of fully taking ownership? was on a call yesterday with a guy who wanted to talk with us five times. He submitted an application four times, actually. And all four times he decided, ended up not getting on the phone, or I think he only had one four-minute conversation with one of our people. And I was like, dude, why did you reach out again? He said, honestly, I'm, I'm done. And I was like, what do you mean you're done? He's like, I'm ready to take responsibility. I'm done hitting the she button. I was like, whoa, okay. And so we got on the phone. And I was like, well, where are things at? Well, it's, it's what happens. She filed for divorce. It's over. And now he's finally figured out at that point, finally at that point is where men go, oh, I should probably work on myself now. I should probably stop trying to make her come back to me. I should probably stop trying to get her to leave her affair partner. I should probably stop doing all those things because none of that worked in the first place. Even though Mark, you said it a million times. And even though I heard all your podcasts, I, I, I finally believe you now. I'm like, cool. So what are you going to do about it? He's like, it's time to own me. And we walked through a 25 minute call where he, where he was just like, man, this is the man I want to be. And he described himself as a man who showed up and communicated with, with love and respect with his ex-wife, a man who wasn't trying to win her back, who was hundred percent focused on his, his own health and his kids and and all of that, the things that were going to propel him because he recognized that just because his marriage was over didn't mean his life was over. And some of you have to accept that fact. The, the, the second all this shit happens, your marriage is over. Your marriage is dead for like 98% of you. It's gone. It's over. That doesn't mean you can't create a new marriage. But even for the majority of you, there is no new marriage. And so you linger and you hang out in this nebulous gray area, never fully like gravitating towards what you fucking want to do, having no adventure for yourself, staying depressed, having no joy, walking around all sad and crying all the time. I remember when I went through this, the, the, like years and years before I ended up filing for divorce, I was crying over the cheating. I was crying all those things. And, and, and there was like a voice, God, whatever you want to call it, who said, when are you going to stop crying for yourself and start crying for her? And I was like, what? What do you mean? And it was like, She's the one who's going through even more pain than you are because she has sacrificed her entire life. Her entire identity has been is gone because she chose this path. And it wasn't to feel sorry for her, but it was to understand, oh, wait, I don't have to feel sorry for me Mm -hmm. because me feeling sorry for me is not moving me forward at all. 
And it was like the light went on, the the fig leaf was exposed. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck, I got a small dick right now. It's time to get empowered. And I started doing the work. I started doing the work on me, regardless if she was going to come back. That wife did come back because she saw the work. She saw the changes. But there, there, was, there, was, such a, there was such a difference between the two of us for the next two years that it didn't work. Yeah. She didn't want to do the work. She didn't want to become the, who I was becoming. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it became so clear and so obvious that our marriage, it was done. And I needed to move on. And I did. And a lot of guys in our Thrive program do that, where they come in wanting to save the marriage. And by the end of it, they go, holy shit, this thing was toxic as fuck. And why am I in this? Yeah. And some of you are like, well, I got to save it for my kids. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you fucking don't. I love my kids, dude. I had four kids with my ex-wife, but you know what? Right now they are a hundred, 200, 300% better than they were ever in my marriage because I became the fucking leader again. I became the father again that they fucking needed. And then I went on and married someone that is incredible and has been an incredible stepmom to them. They feel like they're part of a family. Look, I started with four going half time. Two don't even go over there anymore, have nothing to do with their, their, their mom. And then the other two really kind of don't really care. And they only go over there 20% of the time. Yeah. My situation's different. It's not what everybody has. But man, yeah. I because when I left that marriage, I said, I'm going to create Santiago Family 2.0. And it's going to look different from Santiago Family 1.0. So this whole bullshit about your kids will be better off. No. Do, do kids experience trauma? Absolutely. They do experience trauma and divorce. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to tell you that's not true. That is true. And, and, and I, we deal with it right? My kids are dealing with it, but kids are way more resilient than you realize. And if you're staying in a fucked up marriage because your kids, that says something about you. Don't, don't blame it on your children. Look at yourself and and you need to identify the fact that you have no balls to fucking walk away. And there's, there's guys probably on this call, guys, listen to Facebook live, listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube. You probably need to fucking walk away because she is eating your lunch. She is eating her cake and eating it too. And there is no going back. That's not for everyone. You know, if the shoe fits, wear it. It's not for everyone though. I get that. Yeah. So if, if, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Don't, don't take it as that, right? I, I'm, I'm giving general, general wisdom here, okay? So I understand every situation is unique. Go ahead, Joey. Yeah, I think one of the things that stuck out there, blaming of the kids. Yeah. Many men don't see that they're actually blaming their kids. They oh. see it as their reasoning or their rationale. Man, I had a guy I spoke with the other day. Kids are, his oldest child is two, youngest is 11 months old. I don't know how that worked out. They were busy. And in that, he comes to me and he says, you know, I'm I'm just going to stick it out for the kids. And I was like, what I hear is you're sacrificing yourself for everyone. What's going to be left for your kids to gain from you? If you're a shell of the man you used to be, yep. what does that do? There's for no nobility. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing there. And man, we have guys that come in that are just a shell of the man they used to be anchoring, but like grasping to anything. And we hear that often. I'm staying together for the kids. Yeah. That's all wrong. You can't blame the kids for your lack. The kids will be just fine. As long as you lean into your leadership and the thing is, even inside Empowered Man, inside our Thrive program, we have a call dedicated to dads that are going through this. We have a dedicated call 
for men that are going through this. We have a marriage and family therapist as well that talks about this dynamic of co-parenting. Sometimes it's parallel parenting. Other times it's co-parenting. Learn to discern the difference between the two. So we do have a few questions. I think we've given them a lot. Do you guys, do you guys feel like we've given you some good context here and really kind of how to diffuse the toxicity and really how to get from where you're at closer to where you want to be? Awesome. So we have a couple questions submitted. I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to post a few questions in the chat and Mark and I are going to answer them for you guys. I'm going to start with the first one I had posted for us. How do you handle pushback in a productive way when co-parenting with your wife? We're living in separate homes currently. How do you handle pushback in a productive way when co-parenting with your wife? Yeah, so he's probably talking about, you know, where it's like you're trying to compromise, you're trying to do that kind of thing is, is probably what it sounds like. I think it comes back to you understanding your values, first of all, and what you're yes. willing to compromise. Because compromise is going to be part of what you're going through. You can't just go, well, I'm setting a boundary and you're not going to do this. <laughs> Half that has to do with control. Um, I know that there are certain things with my ex-wife that I just, there's just no fighting over. Like there's just, there's just no reason to. And so therefore I don't, I don't talk about it. Um, there, there are some things that aren't worth the battle. Um, you know, people sometimes in these situations, it gets so petty. You want to die in a molehill. And it's, it's, it's a waste. It's not even, it's not worth it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that sticks out to me is men are really good at, if someone hurts us, we're going to hurt you more. Don't use your kids as that tool. You know, when it comes to the co-parenting dynamic, one of the things that was given to me from Misty and that she shares with other men is it's important to recognize when your kids are with you you're parenting them. And when your kids are with your wife or soon to be ex-wife or ex-wife, she's parenting them. Be conscious of not impeding on each other's parenting in that way. But I, I believe that answers the question. We don't have a ton of context in that. Awesome. Uh, but I think I'm actually on the call. If, if, if I could give a little bit more context, if we got time. It's up to you, Mark. Yeah. yeah, yeah go for fine. it, Manuel. So it's, it's everything from like simple things to, you know, more complicated things. Like when it comes to like my daughter's home uh, schooling, summer camp, that kind of stuff. And it's like, anytime I feel like I give my input on something, I get pushed back and it's almost like she's doing it in spite of me or just to just, you know, be, you know, contradicting. Um, and so I was just wondering, how do we handle that? Like just yesterday, we were having a conversation about my daughter's summer camp and she wants her to be home. I want her to be, I don't know, scheduled. Yeah. You know? So how much, yeah. How much are you showing up as a leader? So as far as for my, for my family, for my daughter, I have her 50% of the time, Sunday to Sunday. She is that what you mean? Okay. And so the, the situation specifically around your daughter is that she wants her to do what she wants her to go somewhere and you want her to stay home. So she wants, she wants my daughter to stay home with her grandmother. Um, I say that's not productive. I'd rather have her on her schedule, you know, keep that routine going, have some fun with her friends at day at, you know, summer camp, she's five years old. You know, I don't want her staying at home with her iPad all day, you know? Yeah. So what happens in her home is her business. What happens in your home is your business. 
you can't control what she does with her. You can recommend, you can suggest, you can do those things. But as I, I co-parent, I have seven kids combined between my my wife and myself. I have four, she has three, and we co-parent with her kids as well as my kids. And we have learned that there are some things that are worth fighting over and other things that are not. The summer specifically is one of those things where we want them to do certain things. They want, you know, her her ex-husband want, like doesn't really care and doesn't value the same things we value and would rather just let them sit around and go to grandma's house just like that. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. So the two, the two things we did was we said, okay, one, number one, whatever happens at our house happens at our house, whatever happens at your house happens at your house. Number two, if we value the thing like a hundred percent, we offer to pay and to take the kid to the thing. And so what I would recommend is if you really care and you really value the thing, you pay for the thing for the week or whatever, mm -hmm. and you pick her up yeah. and drop her off. And if she still doesn't do that, there's nothing you can do about it. Because at the end of the right. day, your child is going to know these things and you're going to know these things. Um, we teach this process, we teach this object or um, this, this aspect called detach from the outcome all the time. And, and what I say is that you have to earn the right to detach from the outcome. And the way you earn the right to detach from the outcome is by doing all the things in your control and in your power to make a thing happen. And if it still doesn't happen, you totally detach. Like you can't make her go to school. You can't make her do those things. But what you can do is offer suggestions, offer ideas, offer help. And if she still chooses not to do it, you kind of just have to be okay with it. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you guys. You're welcome. You're welcome, man. I'm glad that was valuable for you. Man, we've got another one. This one is from familiar name, Rory Connell. <laughs> and Rory says, um, what are the EM indicators that the WS is ready to return to the marriage? I'm Wait, guessing. Spouse. Wait, is that Wait, what that stands spouse. for? Okay. Cause I, I had to ask him, um, is that a dialogue that you used previously in the program? No, no there's, there's means? other, yeah. There's just like all these different support groups that use these types of, you know, STBX and WS yeah. and AF or AP affair partner, you know, like there's all kinds of things. Um, yeah. what are the indicators? I mean, yeah. dude, like go back and listen to the, to the podcast on it. I specifically laid out the three, the three point plan. I think it is uh of what she's got to do to come back to the marriage number one she has to be like honest and she has to be vulnerable and she has to say hey you know i've made some mistakes and i want to own those mistakes so there has to be a level of ownership on her side number two she has to decide to start actually working on herself personally which is where she seeks out counseling therapy coaching whatever something where she's doing emotional work to understand what led her to that place whether it was leaving you or or, or cheating or whatever it doesn't matter emotional work still needs to be done because there's no way that you can be doing emotional work if she's not doing any emotional work. How the heck are you can have a, a functional marriage? And then number three, once those things start to happen and those things start to be put in place, then you start a, a, a conversation around what would a healthy marriage between the two of us look like and what would that vision be, you know, if that's the case. And you have to have your boundaries, you have to have your things in place um, to protect against manipulation. Because a lot of times, as it gets close to divorce, women want to manipulate just like men do. They want to manipulate like, oh, well, maybe if I can do this, then he'll give me more money. Or maybe if I suck his dick a little bit more, I'll, I'll have more time with the kids. Like, like it's literally gets that manipulative sometimes. And I'm not trying to, you know, put somebody's spouse out like that. But especially, again, when you're dealing with affairs and cheating and things like that, the, the sexual part of the marriage becomes really gray, becomes really like 
not, you know, not black and white anymore. So yeah. that's all I got. I do have to hop. So I'm gonna let you take it from here. Awesome. All right. See you. Awesome. Later, Mark. Guys, I have about seven minutes. I want to be respectful to the next guy that I'm talking with. Um, if you guys want to post a question in the chat, because that's all the questions that I had submitted. Um, but it feels like you guys are getting a lot from this. How many guys, uh, just out of curiosity, how many guys have a plan for where they're at to get to where they want to be? How many guys have a plan for that? Uh, John, Jay, I know you do. Because realistically, guys, I'll, I'll polarize it for you. If where you're at right here, right now, is not where you want to be, that's an indicator that it's time to do something different. Because every, everything you're doing isn't working. That's the simple truth. So if you haven't yet, yeah, I knew I was the problem. I have a plan. Yeah. Realistically, guys, we're the problem in the solution. And if you haven't gotten on with one of our advisors, and this is no commitment. Guys, I give a shit. I give a shit about men. My mission here is to eradicate men from loneliness and help men become better men. That's why I'm here. So if you guys haven't gotten on with an advisor yet to hear about where you're at and get a plan, I can't recommend that enough. It's no commitment. It's our way of helping you. And we don't even know if you're fit for Thrive. If we do feel you're a fit, we'll share some details with you. But I invite you to do that. If you haven't yet, lean in, set up a call with one of our advisors, support. If you could post that in the chat, it's right there. Use that link. I'm not sure why it's not hyperlinking. But guys, realistically, where you're at right now keeps you up at night. If it's affecting your work performance, if it's affecting all of these things in your life, that is for you. Click that link, chat with someone from our team. We don't know if we can help you because realistically, there's some men in specific scenarios that we stay in integrity and we'll let you guys know like, hey, I don't know if we're the fit to support you through this, but for the men that are, we'll guide you through it. Because realistically, guys, when you're surrounded by better men, you become a better man. That's just how it works. So gentlemen, I appreciate you all being here. And if you can take advantage of that, but guys, I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.